Worlds. You got Pat. I'm Drew. Hey, this is Tim. And welcome to Imperfect Basketball. And today we're recording. It's March 1st. We're finally hitting March, guys. I mean, years already starting out a little bit faster than we thought. Uh, and what we're going to talk about today is a little bit Laker-heavy. Celtics versus Lakers we're going to talk about first. And then we'll be talking about uh, Zion versus LeBron James since... There's a lot of comparison between the two, and the hype is it's pretty real. And we're also going to finish off with just talking about you know the black, the matchup with the Lakers. It looks like they're going to be the number one seed in the West, and there's this fight for that eighth spot that we just want to talk about where who do we think is going to make it, and also who do we want to see make it just for the matchup purposes and have a little bit of fun with our own opinions here. Anything you guys want to add? Got a lot of fun stuff ahead for today's podcast. It's been a little bit since the Lakers-Celtics game this last weekend before this one currently, and have a lot to say on that game. I think Pat's heard a little bit of it already and excited to get into this one. Yeah, I've just heard that you two have some stuff to say that's been going on behind the scenes at work. Yeah, I'm real excited because you guys have showing reactions to it, even though you can't say it. I'm yeah, yeah, no, I, uh, I, I've had, I have some strong opinions on this on this previous game, despite uh, what the NBA has come out to say after the fact. So we'll 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 get into this and we'll 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 rock and roll and and hopefully uh, any Laker fans out there are ready to roll with the punches. All right, Jalen Brown was not out of bounds. Just gonna throw that in first, but <laughs> <laughs> there we go. We're already gonna start out with that. Re- Recap of the game. Why don't you keep going with that, Drew? Uh, yeah, Jalen was not out of bounds. Uh, that ball did go off Davis's finger. The announcer was like, it's obvious. That, yeah, that was obvious. That was off his finger. That's just going to be Celtics ball. Nah, it's in L.A. I was with some people. Everyone's like, nah, they're not going to give it to us. Like, yeah, it's off his finger. No way no way at all they're going to give it to him. Oh, yeah, it's Lakers ball. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think what's important is the takeaways from this game. And obviously, without Kemba Walker, the Celtics played very well uh, we haven't seen Kemba on the court since the all-star break really it's almost hasn't affected the team whatsoever I think that at the end of games you can see especially this Lakers game and if you were able to watch the game last night against Houston the Celtics are having trouble closing out in the fourth quarter you know as, as time's running down they're right there but they just can't seem to create shots so I think Kemba will help them when they get back and the Lakers aren't ever out of a game obviously with LeBron James you know, the games are very far and in between where the Lakers or any team with LeBron James would get blown out. But I like to see the fight on both sides. I think that the biggest glaring need for me, especially with the Celtics, is their bench. I think this game really showed it that the mismatch mismatches are there. There's not a lot that we can do on the bench. And so the funky little lineups that Brad Stevens is currently doing, I, I hope to see him put a little bit more clarification into who he wants on the court when he wants them on the court as opposed to just mixing and matching minutes and mixing and matching lineup changes and all this fun stuff that he seems to be doing which I use the term fun stuff uh, a little bit heavy there but yeah I thought it was a good game I, I think that this is a potential finals preview but the Celtics are going to need some help from Kemba when he gets back just in closing out these games because I can complain about the refs all I want. My friends at work, especially Pat, were able to kind of deter my previous connotations about the game, and we can't blame the refs for everything. The Celtics did have chances to put the Lakers away, and they just couldn't do it at the end, and I think 
the takeaway from the Lakers is that LeBron shot at the end, um, the Anthony Davis three right there. If you're the Celtics, you don't want to put it in the hands of the referees, and that's what the Celtics did, which is hard to say because a lot I, of basketball teams do that. Yeah, that's the other thing. I mean, it doesn't matter what level it is. I always witness it all the time, and because of it, you know, we kind of have that mentality that we we want to blame the refs. At the end of the day, there's that goaltending that happened, but the refs didn't call it. <laughs> Lillard tweeted because he was mad about that because he's not going to let that go. And yeah, because that happened to him too, right? Yeah, yeah that, it happened yeah. at the end of the game. That cost them a game, especially when they're in a tight playoff race. And like I said, you don't want to put it in the hands of the refs, but you also don't like to see all the late whistles that the refs were, were calling that game, especially the technical foul, the, the tee that they threw on Brad Stevens. What was yeah. that? Yep. That dude does not get technicals. This year, they keep throwing him at him. Every time it's a he's close nicest, game. He's the nicest yeah. coach in the league. Anytime he gets it, maybe because he's so calm, if they see him get mad, they're like, oh, like he's crazy right now. All right, he's getting a T. Like, nah, man, he doesn't say anything. Like, even Kemba, the rest are against him. The dude never got ejected. Doesn't get technicals. Got ejected from a game this year, like, in two seconds. But, like, the biggest takeaway I got, the Celtics and Lakers are back. The NBA is absolutely probably loving that. They would 100% be okay with uh, trying to fix it to get the Lakers Celtics in the finals, but uh-huh. but uh, they're not going to do that. But that would be a great final. That would be a great one. We almost beat the Lakers against the refs and the Lakers without Kemba Walker, our closer. Pat, I see you. I'm trying to trigger you over there. Uh, trying to trigger this thing between you and Tim right here. But uh, without Kemba Walker, our closer, every time it's the fourth quarter, he's been the guy. Tatum's trying to be the guy, but like he is. He's arrived. I think he's officially on that superstar level. He averaged over 30 a game for an entire month. After the last game, he was probably at 31 a game for an entire month. Kemba, when he comes back, isn't going to have to carry a load. Tatum can do that, and then Kemba can finish the game if Tatum doesn't have a good matchup. And the Lakers need to watch out. Yeah. They just lost last night, too. I think Drew said it best, too. I think, obviously, Kemba's career from college on has been that in the last five minutes, give it to cardiac Kemba, let him attack. Uh, let him do what he's able to do and, and be special. But obviously they're trying, and you saw it a lot last night within the game against the Rockets, is they're, the Celtics are trying to force feed the basketball to Tatum, and teams are just trying to shut that off. Other than Brown, there's not a lot of shot creators on the offense outside of Kemba and Jason Tatum. And Marcus Smart, as clutch as he's been of late, he's just kind of he's getting the ball and then he's shooting the shot. He's not really creating for anybody. And so it'll be important to get Kemba back. But a big takeaway from this game, as well as the ones I mentioned before, is the way the Celtics are playing without Kemba on the court. And if you're able to add in that 20, 21 points per game from Kemba, it's it spells a, a different it spells a different type of game for the Celtics. And the Lakers, man, they're just a, they're a special team. I think LeBron's special. I think you saw that with that last second shot, man. I mean. I'll quote the great Mark Jackson on that one. That's that's good D, but that's just that's just better all right there. Hundred percent. Also, a takeaway I have on the Lakers: they have not utilized their size. Like when they lost to the Rockets, they've like not been able to use it against us. Like we destroyed them that first game against us. They have Davis. He's six eleven. LeBron six eight. Uh, Dwight Howard six eight, but he, he's a monster. We, that doesn't count. He's like basically a seven foot, two hundred fifty to eighty pound guy. They got uh, Javale McGee. They have their whole lineup's big, except for maybe Rondo. Exactly. Yeah. Except for Rondo, who has a six eight wingspan, and Avery Bradley. Everyone on their lineup is the same height as our center or bigger. Yeah, and uh, like I said, they don't use it. I don't want to blame the refs completely, 
but I'm putting blames on the on the refs for this one because as a Celtics fan, I'll be very honest, it wasn't a fairly called game on both ends. Yeah. I'm not saying just the Celtics got screwed in any way, but like the Lakers were not getting calls either and towards the end of the game it felt like the refs were trying to make up for calls like don't be put your whistle in your pocket at the end of the game and unless somebody actually gets hacked or wrapped up by a player or there's a clear reach in, then blow the whistle, but let the guys play at the end of the game. Or don't a goaltend. Yeah, or a goaltend. Goal exactly. Even though that would have been Lakers points. And like that whole, know. people are saying, oh, well, the, the the Celtics missed a rebounding chance at the end of the game. Like, they did. Anthony Davis, first of all, in, to my opinion, over the back. And they spent 10 minutes in the review. 10 minutes in that review to see what Mark Jackson had saw and Van Gundy had saw. Basically called out the cameraman for doing such great camera work to see that Anthony Davis's hand hit the ball last and they still gave it to the Lakers. You got to tighten this up. You got to clean this stuff up because in a game of that magnitude, we saw it a lot last night in the game against the the Rockets too. And the Celtics lost that game too. I mean, the Celtics are losing these games and giving up these leads, but at the same time, in the last 2 minutes or so, the referee shouldn't be controlling the game and controlling the outcome, which they did. It's not fully on them, but this game was a clear example that the NBA needs to clean a lot of the stuff up. I don't care if the NBA came out with a review after saying the refs didn't miss a call at all because clearly you weren't watching the game that we were. This was a nationally televised game, game of the week, and you're trying to cover your own buttocks here. And regardless of what you and your officials want to say, it was a badly called game for both teams. Yo, they said Jalen Brown was out of bounds on that one. That his foot was in bounds by at least a half foot to a foot. Like, there's a still image of where his hand's on the ball and his foot is nowhere near the line. It's not even like it's on the line. It's not even close. Look, That's crazy. I, I understand uh, your point of view. It's just the NBA needs to fix it because every I, fan sees that. On and the and no, and I, I completely understand with that whole thing, with the situation with the refs and stuff like that. The way I also see it as is the refs weren't being – it wasn't like the refs were being biased. No, exactly, they weren't. And because of that, the focus for the players should just play through it. If the call is called, you don't keep complaining about it. You got to play through it, and you got to figure out a way to still win this game. Yeah, but the thing is, is they did play through it. Like, the Celtics kept it, like, very close. Jalen Brown hit that big three at the end of the game, and obviously they lost on that shot that LeBron hit, which is just, again, good D, but better O. And then the Celtics had a chance at the end of the game where Brad Stevens is so-called the best playmaker in the league coming out of a timeout. And that's the thing where Kemba Walker is going to come in and help a lot is he's going to be able to space the floor a lot more and be able to handle the ball in those situations and be able to either take that shot or dish it out. But at the end of the day, when you take 10 minutes to review, like the whole review process, not only... It changes a lot. A lot not only did the... they get it wrong after watching it for so long, but they took so long to watch it, and that messes with the flow of the game. I honestly think it shouldn't be those refs that make the call. They should have, like, is it Secaucus or whatever, like the review place? Yeah, they have, they they have someone the in the booth. They say, should be the one making the call because the ref themselves, they're not going to want to change their own call. They're going to have their pride and ego. They're like, no, I didn't get it wrong. It'll also be less pressure on the refs dealing with that whole situation of, of coaches and all that flipping out, so... Yeah, it shouldn't be on yeah. them. It should be someone else. And, I, listen, I respect the job at hand. I understand how difficult it can be, and there are going to be missed calls through every single game. You can't get... You can't be 100%. And but, just... I think the review on that out-of-bounds call is what makes me a little bit angry and pushes me over the edge more than anything else because you took 10 minutes to mess with the flow of the game at the very end of the game, it, and you got the call wrong... Once, which is fine because in live time, 
you can't really call that. But when you review it for 10 minutes and you clearly see that it was out on Davis's hand, make the right play. But for the record, too, the flow of the game, it stops on both ends. So that could be an advantage or a disadvantage, but basically it's a double-edged sword no matter what. So both teams are going to be affected by that. So I wouldn't really, again, use that as a reason why it hurts us and us alone. Well, no, and I'm not saying it hurts us and us alone. Like I said, it was called unfairly for both teams. What I'm saying is it for the future needs to be cleaned up. That's all I'm saying. Yes. The Celtics lost the game yeah, themselves, yeah. clearly, and LeBron hit an incredible shot at the end of the game. But it's got to be cleaned up, especially come playoff time. You can't be having the referees blowing the whistle as many times as they did at the end of the game and then giving a technical out to a coach who just kind of gave a blank stare. And I, Didn't say a single word, but a blank stare. He said something, but, I mean, it wasn't anything at the level of, obviously receiving a technical foul. I'll agree with you on that. I saw Lou Will in that Clippers game against the Celtics freak out on a referee for five minutes straight in his face. Depends on the ref. Yo, he was screaming it's, in his face, but it's so inconsistent. Hands, yelling it, it, at it's him. inconsistent, but it always depends on the ref. It shouldn't How depend on the ref. Exactly. It, should be, it should be a straightforward narrative. That's yo, what it should be. Yo, Tim, no, this is uh, normally your thing. I'm going to go to football for a minute. Football. The refs will be inter- getting in between these 300-pound people, stopping them from like shoving and screaming at you. There's no way they're not all swearing and yelling and screaming at them at the ref. The ref is like, nah, just until you actually like touch me or you yell directly again in my face, I'm not saying anything. Like, Just get out of the way. Keep playing. Like, I, like listen, at that point in the game, in, in overtime or double overtime, whatever point it was, and on a shot of that magnitude, you can understand Lou Will's, um, Lou Will's frustration. And I respect the fact that they didn't call a technical because that would have just put the game in an awkward position. Yep. But for you not to call a technical there, but call one on Brad Stevens, and we've seen it throughout the year this year. They did it to Tatum last night against the Rockets on that fader. And I get it. He hit Eric Gordon in the place where the sunshine don't show. But still, like, let's just – can we just get a clear narrative, a clear guideline to where every ref has to follow it? Just because you're a tougher tooth and nail type guy wearing the pinstripes doesn't mean that you don't get to call it, but because this guy isn't so as tough as nails and isn't as thick skinned, well, then he gets to call it. Like, it's just got to be clear. Sometimes, too, it's this experience and stuff like that that can have that effect. I wouldn't take blame and make sure that every single ref needs to understand, oh, this should be this, this should be this, and this yeah, should be well, this. Yeah, that's difficult. It, it gets a little bit complicated. It's not like we hear exactly what the players and the coaches are saying. We don't hear their emotions and attitude and stuff like that on top of it. And that kind of can make or break that difference too. Yeah, and the Celtics had more total turnovers. Uh, they didn't really – Produce on the fast break like they usually do. Points in the paint, they were down. Well, uh, they had more, but they had more fouls on. They had twenty nine to twenty two fouls on the Celtics versus the Lakers. Like that's, and they had two technical fouls to so the one foul that they had on uh, on the Lakers side. So, and even the Lakers got a technical foul for arguing with the referees. It's like both teams sorry. Yeah, that, that's but, also been a traditional thing with any LeBron led team. Like, Paul Pierce would be in the top five in free throws every year for attempts per game. Anytime the Celtics and uh, Cavs played or Celtics and Heat played, Paul Pierce would somehow have five fouls. LeBron would have one. LeBron was guarding him. He was guarding a guy that's, like, top five in free throws per game. He's not at the line in those games. He's never at the line in those games. Like, it's just been a thing. Yeah, and to Pat's point, like, when the the Lakers are shooting 67% from the – 
from the free throw line and you have a better three-point percentage than them and you're just edging them in the field goal percentage and you have about the same amount of assists and, and all these different things. And, again, the bench for the Celtics in that game was bad. I hate... Wanamaker was out there for like 18 Yeah, I hate attacking assists. Wanamaker because I get it. He's like our only point guard. And I, again, like I said before, I don't think he's a bad guy. But in a, in a sense of this podcasting, just doing what we're supposed to do, his pocket got picked like four times oh. like by Rondo. Rondo. How about the pass oh, to Wanamaker and just goes right through his hands? Yeah, it's just... You're a basketball player that's, at the pro level. That's, that's, that's the, the biggest takeaway from me in this recent stretch where Tatum's been so on fire without Kemba. The bench in the future needs to get better. And obviously we have our main guys signed through our sixth man for the next few years to come. We'll see what happens with Hayward. But, man, like, we can't even account just on Robert Williams coming back. We need some type of playmaker off the bench because Marcus Smart is a good passer, great defender. We all see that. But there's got to be some guy that is more like a Kemba where he's able to just shot create and facilitate on a higher level for the bench. Yo, Tim, so to your point, Brad Stevens made an interesting comment. He said that – some guy might be coming back from basically the dead this season, Carson Edwards. He said, they asked him about him, he's like, I could 100% see him having an impact on a playoff series this year, which means he won't be down in G League, he'll be on our roster. He's probably very aware that he doesn't want it to be Wanamaker, but he can't publicly say that. That's yeah. why Romeo Langford keeps getting run now, he keeps getting minutes, they keep putting him on everybody, they think he can be a versatile defender. And he even said, Carson Edwards, who hasn't been on the team in a month or two hasn't like played a meaningful minute and who knows how long he's like yeah i could see him playing in the playoffs and making an impact because we need a shot creator that's what he said yeah and you know just jumping to the playoffs and off what drew's comment was just a second ago i think that when you're looking at the playoff outlook on these teams are they both finals ready i think the lakers obviously with their playoff experience the type of veteran presence that they have and how the celtics are still learning a thing or two with these young guys and really losing Kemba and not having him out there to put them in the right positions and give them the right feedback despite him being on the bench. I think that the Lakers are finals material. As much of a green teamer as I am, and in the past, maybe last week, I was a little overexcited, but I can see the Celtics you know, still needing to do a thing or two to tidy themselves up before they get there. So I don't know where you guys stand on both of those teams and where they look for the finals or their outlook on the finals, but if you want to jump in and maybe clarify your thinking on that because I know Pat you probably have a different idea than I do yeah uh, it's interesting so uh, with my biggest takeaway for example with Jason Tatum and how he was performing clearly nobody on the Lakers could actually have an answer for it and because of that the Lakers also had that strategy of double teaming Tatum forcing him to pass the ball out if Kemba returns it's much more different in that aspect where you can't double team and you leave somebody wide open, and somehow it gets to Kemba. Now you got two big scoring threats out there. That's an ultimate game changer for the whole flow of the game. And because of that, I want to say that the Celtics could be finals, but because of the bench, that is what holds them back. But conference finals, I feel, is very, very strong. Yeah, and Drew, before you go real quick, I just want to add on to what Pat said. I think also health is a big thing. We haven't seen the Celtics fully healthy in a while. Uh, the Lakers, you know, they I don't think that they're injury prone. I think that they're sitting a lot of guys in specific games to keep Anthony them healthy. Anthony Davis has been playing hurt a lot. He yeah, was questionable he against the Celtics, too. And so he's and he was a off bit. a little bit. I mean, he scored 32, but in t- but he was 10 to 25. So. Yeah, and it's still, it's still 
it's still a good percentage, but obviously you would expect a little bit of a higher percentage out of a big man. But because of that whole him playing hurt and stuff, if he is fully healthy, he is a superstar. And him and LeBron with that, they're they're an even bigger force. Mimi's a star when he's not healthy, which is pretty incredible too. You got to look at what he does for that team, and I don't think the Rockets look really good right now. Their small ball is, is really taking on really taking flight and I was one of their biggest critics when it came to that but just watching them play last night and over the last few games they've been a highlight reel type team and I think that's important looking at the Lakers because they're not so consistent they they outscore teams in the paint that's what they are designed to do not as much of a shooting team but I think that's something that might hurt their playoff run but like I said I expect them to be in the finals Drew what do you what do you expect out of these two teams going Um, forward well, one thing I've noticed with the Lakers, they can't cover small forwards. Like, Tatum lit them up. Every time Kawhi plays them, he'll light them up. If they play those guys, they're going to destroy them, so you're going to need to find an answer. And the Clippers have two small forwards that they're going to have to handle. Like, Davis is an all-NBA defender, but he could not cover Tatum for the life of him. He's not quick enough. He's long and lanky, but he can't actually, like, stay with those guys. Like, Kawhi will probably body him. Kawhi's probably stronger and Davis, who's seven feet tall. Like, if he goes on, he just bump him and then get space. So I'm going to see a problem for the Lakers with the Clippers on that aspect. And with the Celtics, as uh, Pat said, Kemba Walker coming back is huge. I don't think he's been healthy for months. His knee's been bothering him for months. Like, every game, if you ever see him on the sideline, he has, like, that ice on his knees every single time. So I think we haven't seen a healthy him in a while, and the Celtics are literally just letting him get back to 100%. Like, I feel like he's just tired, and they're like, all right, you're going to come back. You're going to be, like, uh, beginning of the season form again. And then when you have five shooters on the floor, two shot creators, Hayward, who sometimes finds himself again as a shot creator, Brown, who can create a shot. There's actually four guys that can create it, two elite-level ones. I'm going to give Tatum that. When he wants to, he can get his shot off. He's going to have to work on the making part, which he's been doing for the last month, but he's an elite shot creator. He gets a shot off. No one can get to him. So I think we could get there. If Milwaukee wasn't this like team that might win 70 games, 72 games, they could possibly break that record. Yeah, they could break that record, which is pretty incredible to think of. If it wasn't for a team being at that level, like if this was last year, I'd say easy, we could probably beat Milwaukee and get to the finals. This will be. A, I just want to see that tough matchup. It's just Giannis is so, uh, so dominant. good. So yes. dominant. So like, it's like Shaq, like, dominant, like there's nothing you can do. Which is what we've heard a lot on. Yeah. yeah if Shaq. it wasn't for that, I would say we'd be the favorite, but like, because Philly imploded, we'll beat uh, Miami. Miami's a scary team, though, now that they added Iggy and um, Crowder. I so want to see Toronto. Be tough. It would be, it'll just be tough for our. our I want to see Toronto or Milwaukee. No, Toronto, Milwaukee, or. Uh, for the playoff matchup. Yeah, yeah or uh, Miami versus Milwaukee. Oh, okay. And then they, I think, have a small chance just to at least tire them out because of their length and defense. And then we play them. That would be my hope that they get one of them. I think Miami is the team that's built best to to stop the Bucs. But, I mean, just just going off this current path that we're on on the playoffs, obviously a big big part of the season right now is coming down to who's going to get that eighth seed in the West. And, obviously, the Pelicans being one of those teams and them playing the Lakers recently and playing them in in somewhat of a, a, a tough matchup, if you will, the Pelicans weren't blown out. They had a, a good game against the Lakers. And, you know, coming off that win against the Celtics, now you have Zion versus LeBron. And realistically, 
what that matchup brings, what is that going to look like, are both of these two going to put on a highlight reel matchup, the expectations behind it. I found it a very interesting game to watch. I think the two teams were very evenly matched. Obviously, the, the Lakers pulled away, and it's because of the uh, the bad shooting day by Drew Holiday won, but also the experience that the Lakers have, and that's something that they have over all teams. So we'll, we'll start off here. I mean, what did you guys think of the Zion versus LeBron matchup? Uh, realistically, I'm looking at it as, you know, that that type of feel was kind of similar to the whole Kobe Jordan thing. Um, in, in some ways, you kind of hope LeBron will have, like, that type of relationship with Zion where he kind of teaches him a little bit to get Zion to really that next level come, coming his sophomore year because he's been holding it down on his own already. His strength is unreal. Just his athleticism, it's it's dangerous. He's he's living the hype. And the last time we've had that type of hype was LeBron James. And there is that similarity. And because of that, it, it makes it much more of a fun matchup. It, it'd be the perfect scenario if they were to meet in the first round. I couldn't agree more. I think that, I think if, I think you guys may remember, but as I've been saying since the year started, the funnest matchup to me would be the Lakers versus the Pelicans in the first round. Obviously, not throughout the whole playoff picture, but just as a first-round matchup goes. And that's because it's more than just Zion versus LeBron, but who the Lakers gave up for who they got. All these young players that everyone was just counting out, they were busts, they weren't going to be anything, you look at them now, forming together on the Pelicans, and yeah, Pelicans right now is a standing sit today, 25 and 33, uh, 14 and 16 away on the road. The Lakers 44 and 12, 21 and 7 at home. It's so interesting because you've got the guys that the Lakers threw away to get Anthony Davis. It's doesn't get any better than that, and it's just a it's it's life right there, right? It's a full circle coming back and. And they have that type of vendetta a little bit. Yeah. Especially, I feel like Josh Hart. He's... The the first game when they had that matchup, it looked like Hart was like trying to hurt some of these guys. He was trying to prove himself. And he, he played well when he was on the Lakers. And, like, Josh Hart isn't somebody that stands out necessarily. But, but he's he an was, effort guy. And he was mentioned a lot, even with the Lakers. Because he was... He kind of made a name for himself in a way. It's kind of like Caruso right now. If that makes sense. And with how Josh Hart was and stuff like that, I mean, I think it was pretty hilarious seeing that LeBron James IG post, if you guys know what I'm talking about. Yep. With Josh Hart on it. Drew, do you know what I'm talking about or no? I think I saw it, but remind me real quick. It's the one with LeBron, like, he's rising up and just the end. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah I got Josh you, Hart. I got you. Yeah, that, that seemed a little disrespectful in a way, but, I mean, everyone might want to take away their own... Uh, the way they want to feel, basically. Maybe LeBron didn't mean it like that. Maybe LeBron did mean it like that. We don't really know. LeBron. He's just, smart, though. There's no way he does something on accident. Yeah, I feel like it could be a little subliminal. And maybe he just doesn't really have a good relationship with Josh Hart. I, I honestly, like I hate Instagram. and Well, I don't hate like social media. I just hate how it plays such an effect on our society. And sports goes to show that. It's just some players having fun, and they're, they're spicing things up, and they're giving the media to something to talk about that they know may not happen or may happen uh really 
identifying how the media just takes things and runs with it. True. And I think the players have a lot of fun with that. But outside of that, it's just Zion Williamson, this game in particular, he didn't shy away from it. 8 of 18, 13 of 19 from the free throw line. He was stepping by people. His first step was explosive. How about his rebound on Anthony Davis? Yeah, that was unreal. And he looked somewhat sluggish getting up the court sometimes, getting back to playing defense when it was just like a regular-paced game. But as soon as it's fast break, he and another thing that I noticed about Zion, he's always at the right in the right place at the right time. And that bodes well for a guy like Lonzo Ball, who had eight assists that game. He had eight rebounds. Obviously, had only ten points, but we knew he was going to work well with Zion. Yeah, so they and showed the preview like in the preseason, just how well that was going to work. And then yeah, but this game also went to show that when 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 the world's watching and when somebody's somebody's being compared to LeBron and someone we we deem somebody ready to step up to the plate and overtake or play like LeBron, LeBron outshines that season high forty points, five of eleven from three. Uh, nine nine and six, it was just pretty crazy to see. And he wasn't at, he he was at the free throw line once. He was one of two yeah. on the free throw line. Like yeah. that's incredible he, for him to score forty points and only yeah. make one free throw. Yep. So he he has something to prove this year. You know? Yeah, he does. Everyone's I, counting with the whole him. injury thing, and I mean he did mess up his groin again too. Yeah, but I think he's a he's a superhuman. I don't get it. He's he's like a legit superhero. I don't I don't get. Yes, yeah, where he, he's not from this planet, but I saw something he's eating like six thousand five hundred calories a day or something. Yeah, I saw that so, yesterday. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's like half of what felt safe, to. but still, like, what to. is that? Like, because yeah. he burns them so fast, yeah. you know what I mean. But yeah. it's to me, this game highlighted what's to come and something that gets got underlooked, especially just because it's Zion versus LeBron was Brandon Ingram, a very efficient game besides the three uh, three point line, but. Very good game overall from Brandon Ingram. He seems to be taking another step in his career. And I think what's most important to note is Drew Holiday had a bad game, especially a bad shooting night. Only at 11 points. But the Pelicans, as, as much as we and every else, everyone else in the league finds the Memphis Grizzlies being so exciting, I think that I don't necessarily think Zion's the future face of the league. But I think that he is a main player in the conversation he's an exciting player to watch and there's going to be some great things to come with this pelicans team i think that they want to play with each other keep the team where they are and i think that's why drew holiday doesn't want to leave especially Mm -hmm. so it's going to be fun over the next few years watching this team take the next step as well as this is a game that off off such a tough game the lakers could have easily just slept on the pelicans and the pelicans could have came away with an easy win it didn't happen that way. So the, the Lakers came ready to play, and especially LeBron with such headlines basically on the game itself. I just want to throw out, like, some people said Zion, like, at his best, maybe he'll average 20 points a game. The guy's 18. He scored over 20 points in, like, 10 or 11 straight games as an 18-year-old. That does not happen. He's going to keep improving. I bet his touch will get better. He'll probably end up finishing amazing with his right and left. He'll eventually have his three-point shot down. Like, Giannis is still developing. He'll eventually have a mid-range game. All these guys will keep developing. He's 18. And one thing that I've loved on him, like I saw them, like, on, I think it was ESPN, analyzing him, as soon as he catches the ball, he does not ever waste a single step, a single movement, a single dribble. Yeah, he just goes. Ever. 
he already knows ahead of time. You're like, if I hit him here, I'm going to be right here. As soon as he bumps somebody, he has space. He'll yeah. always be able to bump you. And it's like, if he can bump and then shoot a fadeaway, he is and it's not it's not a James Harden bump either. No, he just like yeah. throws his body into you like normally. And then you can't, even LeBron will probably get knocked back. He's 285 pounds. Yeah, probably Lamar, no one is his size. He's like the second heaviest player he's in the league. He's something different. I'll yeah, tell you that he's much. a specimen. But again, this... This whole matchup did remind me a little bit of, uh, you know, the the old Jordan-Kobe battle back in, I think it was 97 or 98, one of the two, but it's, that's where, I think that's where the comparisons are going to come from, you know, I, I hate comparing players to one another, I hate the whole who's the best player of all time topic of conversation, but I will say that that matchup, Zion didn't run from the spotlight, and LeBron is just so used to it now, so it's going to be interesting to see these two go back and forth over the next couple of years. I think next year the Pelicans will only get better, and we'll see where this continues to go. But for me, this is the most exciting first-round matchup for the Lakers coming up. I know that's a topic we wanted to discuss. I think that, yeah, Portland would be fun and interesting, but they're just not that good of a team. They're not cohesive right now. C.J. McCollum's on and off. It's been a weird season for him. Obviously, it's exciting to have Melo back, but... I mean, he's old school. He's he's old mellow right now. And with Lillard being hurt, is like yeah. the main concern. And yeah, I think they've the, been losing games lately too. And I think the Grizzlies just get—they're exciting to watch, but they're still so young. There's not a single person over thirty on that roster, and I think that could have had a good dollar still, but yeah, I just wanted to leave. Yeah, somebody was being stubborn. But again, I think that the Blazers nor—and I don't even want to get into the Kings because it, it's That's the Kings, nothing. but. The Grizzlies or the Portland Trailblazers, they they might get washed under the table. I think the Pelicans, they don't win more games than either of those two teams, but each and every game is going to be exciting, especially Drew Holiday and J.J. Redick are going to get more involved in those games. So, I think the best chance that would have been to like take uh, games from the Lakers is if Lillard came back and averaged 40 a game in a playoff series like he did last year. Just completely goes off nonstop. C.J. happens to have a shot for that series. Mellows himself. If they could just do that for a series, I think that would be the team that gets the most games out of them. But Zion versus LeBron, like uh, playoff intensity Zion and LeBron playoff intensity would be unreal to yeah. see. Yeah, I also think people want to see Zion play in the playoffs against LeBron. Yeah. That's just uh, yeah, it's incredible right there. Like We never got to see Kobe versus LeBron in the finals. True. So I we think... Never, yeah, and obviously Jordan retired by the time... We never got like a Lakers-Bulls yeah, finals. That's you know true. what I mean? Like, but... I don't know. Where do you guys stand on uh, Drew? You just said you like the the Pelicans. I like the Pelicans as a as a fi- as a first round matchup. Pat, where do where do you go? Do you agree or do you I, disagree? I I think we all are gonna agree for the first time ever on this podcast. Because I want to see the same thing. I mean, he's number one pick. He's a rookie sensation. LeBron can relate a lot to him, and honestly, just seeing what he can do in that playoffs as a rookie. His name's, his name's already spreading out there, but when it comes to the playoffs, that's when your name really is going to start to shine and rise. I mean, you had rookie Derrick Rose going against the Boston Celtics, who just won the championship the year before. Derrick Rose made a name out of himself because you got seven, seven overtimes in seven games. So, realistically, if you look at that same aspect, if the Pelicans can put up a good fight against the Lakers in the first round because of Zion... He's going to blow up. And going back into talking about the face of the league after LeBron is gone, I mean, that possibility of it going to Zion, I honestly think 
he could become the face of the league. Yeah, I mean, it's a possibility, but you got guys like Luka Doncic in the league. I, that's that's who's going to be the face of the league. You know what I think? Or, so, go ahead. What do you think? I think, I think honestly, there's two, there's two main patterns I've noticed on the face of the league. And one, it's usually like, it's never going to be like a big man. The big man's never the face Is of the league. Is that Shaq? He wasn't really like the face for of a couple league. years. Was it him or Kobe that when they split said Lakers probably during that three peat? Who were you thinking of first? I mean, yeah, Shaq was winning and stuff, yeah. but like, like when Tim Duncan, I get your point. Like when Tim Duncan had five finals, he was never the face of the league. Yeah, it was also his personality. But but like, but still during those times, you know, it was still like LeBron and then Jordan returned and stuff like that. Yeah. So it was still Jordan's ability. To pay when you look to. at the face of the league, it's the most marketable person. Like like Iverson, like AI. you know what I mean, stuff like that, and that's mostly still. Like the guards or like maybe the small forward, but they're not necessarily not the like best the player, man. nor they're necessarily the guy who's bringing championships. Exactly. Like is LeBron's... that a big man though? Like, what position is he really? He's kind of like a point. He wants to be a point. No, no, no. Forward. That's no, no. I had two takeaways. Oh. Yeah. So the other one is, it's never been an international player. So I think that's some reason. Look, I'm not. It's not like I I wouldn't want Luca to be, but I feel like that's that's the other thing is that. A lot of people, especially like in America, stuff like that, because basketball is in America, it just ends up becoming someone that represents the United States. Gotcha. And that's what I'm going off of, thinking the face of the league has been st- stuck to that pattern that it might still remain in that pattern. I think it's going to – thank you. I, I think uh, the face of the league is going to be if the Clippers win the finals, it will be a silent face of Kawhi Leonard when you're talking about the NBA, it be him. You'll be like, all right, this guy is the guy. But he won't be the one that you talk about. So LeBron and him will be there for another couple years. It'll fade out. But the face is going to be, I think, a matchup of, like, two sides having two people. Zion and Luka are going to take over the West for the face of the West. And then Giannis and Tatum will be the faces of the East. Yeah, I mean. I think it's going to, like, move out instead of just one because no one's LeBron. You said Giannis is foreign. Okay. He's not going to get the U.S. But I think he might. He could. Everyone, no one can like slight him because he's like got that Kobe mindset. People like gravitate to it. I feel. I like, I like the opinion because it, it reminds me. It reminds me like you know when you had like the Larry and Magic Johnson type of thing. Yeah, like that. That's what yeah. I'm saying. So that, In each conference. Though, that's yeah. not necessarily like a face of the league though. But yeah. I, I, I like. I like. I like where you're They'll bringing all be it. Fighting yeah. for the face on each side. Yeah, I mean, there was a small little moment where it was something like that where it's like shared and then. But then, boom, Jordan came. And yeah, one of them is going to try to win it, but like, they're going to fight for it. We'll see. I mean, like I said, I fully believe that it's the most marketable player in the league. Like, Mike Trout in baseball, right, for example, unmarketable. Like, they want him to be the face of the league, and, like, people love Mike Trout, but, like, you just never see his face. So it's, like, hard for him to be the face of the league. Where, like, you see, like, maybe it's Aaron Judge right now, right, or it was Jose Altuve for a little bit. Like, baseball has another guy that steps up every year. Obviously, as much as you want to say like the face of the league is this guy or that guy for the NFL, it's really Tom Brady, right? He's he's like the NFL like guy. He's like the perfect player. And when you talk about it now with the league, I mean, obviously it's LeBron where he's the most rounded player. He is the legit best player in the world. Obviously, you got guys who are right there, but they're not everybody the face of the league. His, everybody knows. Yeah, everyone knows it's LeBron, dude. Yeah. So. If you're asking me who's going to be the face of the league in a few years after LeBron retires, and you can't even judge it because when is LeBron going to retire, but... It could be his son. It could be his son, but that's a long ways away. I look at it as... Who's currently in the league right now? Yeah, I just look at it as, as Luka Doncic. He's, 
he's going to be a guy that with Kristaps on his team and you know Mark Cuban always finding a way to put players around his his star and always be in that conversation of playoff ready and I know in the past they've had some disappointing seasons and Dirk was never the face of the league but Luka Doncic is just special and he's just unbelievable and what he's able to do when he's still so young that he's not even in his prime yet. When that kid is in his prime, we might have guys like Tatum being unbelievable and all these other guys, but I think Tatum even might be in the best position with how the Celtics are built right now and where they want to be in the future and the steps he's taking this season. So we'll see. My guess and my prediction would be Luka or Tatum, you know, judging on and that that could be imagine like we have Luca and Tatum going at it in the finals like back and forth or you know I think Tatum is going to be the guy on the east where you're going back and forth against some of these other superstars on the west side but I don't want to be full Celtic like green teamer right now yeah so I'm picking somebody outside of that which is Luca but just marketability too like you'll see it for whatever reason media loves Tatum Brown and Tatum can do whatever well, now Tatum separated himself, but like always, it would be like Tatum had a nice dunk. Brown probably did a better dunk that game, but which one was ESPN showing? Bleacher Report showing? Was every media outlet showing? It was Tatum's. ESPN's talking about he's a walking bucket. Everyone's talking on him. Stephen A. Smith it said he's the one that he would pick. Out of, the, out of the, out of the three, it was yeah. him, Luca, and Zion. Who yeah. would you pick between the three? He picked Tatum because every he literally kind of looks like Durant out there. Like no one can guard him when he wants. He's six foot eight. His wingspan's near seven feet. Like what do you do? Like he, as you said, it could be get in the finals every year. He's twenty one, and he has averaged thirty one a game for a month as the face of a team. He has a young core around him. He is not going anywhere. Yeah, his I would team love is it. set. I would love that. We're also forgetting that Giannis is only twenty five. Exactly. And that LeBron's like what thirty four, thirty five, somewhere around there. 33. Yeah, but it'll it won't be passed along until LeBron is is done. Yeah, and if so Giannis, that's another five years. If Giannis is. I mean, we don't know. I well, mean, he said he wanted to play with his son, so yeah. I think he's going to stand there. All right, if that. LeBron's like 40 and he's but that only averaging be... like... Tw- watch LeBron be like averaging 18, like 14 assists and like 7 rebounds at age like He'll 38. Would, would he be the face of the league at that point? Yes. Still? All right. He would he's, have to still be in L.A. That, he's he can't just leave that LA known. It's, it, it, the other thing is just like how known you are, you know what I mean? Yeah, he's going to have to stay in L.A. and Davis has to stay... Like, the things have to work out. Davis has to stay healthy. Like, if Davis isn't healthy in four years, like, will his body still be good in four years? People are still going to follow LeBron. That's the true, thing. True. He could just be like, all right, I'm going back to Cleveland one last time. Like, you know what I mean? And people yeah. will follow LeBron. It's it's not like he has to stay at a team because wherever he goes, his fans go. Yeah, LeBron has something. Like, uh, there's a Dream Team stories where, like, if Magic Johnson breathed, there was a thousand people that would instantly just show up there. Larry Bird would be hiding and walking out the back. That's kind of like the Kawhi Leonard mindset. Like yeah. Larry and him were the face of the league, but Kawhi, uh, Kawhi was like the quiet one. He's trying to avoid the media. Like Larry would dip out the back. Magic, he takes a step out. He wants the attention. LeBron's like that. Like yeah, every time the guy breathes, it, it's like right all on his face. Every single person's like there because they also know he wants that attention. Yeah. He wants that, like everyone gathering around him and hearing what he has to say. I think the other issue too. Um, if you look at Giannis, actually, Giannis has been way more focused on just basketball and basketball alone. You don't see him on commercials. He said he didn't want to do commercials. He's just trying to win a chip. With you not doing any stuff like commercials and just getting your name out there and stuff like that, which LeBron James has done and was doing for years, that also helped him become the face of the league because now everyone's like, oh, who is this guy, blah, blah, blah. Oh, it's LeBron James. 
You're going to remember that name. That name sticks around. You know who he is, what team he plays for, his jersey number, all of that. And you need the next face of the league to kind of follow that similar like path in a way. And if Giannis isn't going to do commercials and stuff like that, Giannis definitely won't be the face of the league. But if you do get more out of like Jason Tatum, then he's slowly rising to become that. And if Zion doesn't get any commercials like that, then Zion won't be the face of the I mean, Giannis has Hulu. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Him and Lillard and Embiid are Hulu. And Tom Brady now, for whatever reason. That was, that was before the season started. Though, yeah, yeah. I'm people. just saying, like, they ha- he does some. Like, he's not against being in it. They're, like, literally in the commercials, Hulu just says we give people but, a lot of money. Giannis yeah. isn't going to turn down money. I but. just, market marketability is definitely, like, a big part of it. I don't want to get lost in, like, it being the only part. Obviously, championships and, and, and playoff runs and MVPs and all this stuff, they're going to play two because there's a lot of players that are marketable. I mean, was Steph Curry the face of the league for a little bit, like because of the because of the Warriors dynasty? You could say that. Obviously, it changes, but but I wouldn't even say like that a transcendent Curry was. player over the next decade or two. Yeah, like I fully believe as long as he stays healthy, the guy that's gonna really be marketable around the world as well as transcendent around the world, it's most likely gonna be Luca. Because of even just what he's doing this season at such a young age, and like Tatum is taking steps to get better, you got guys like Trey Young who uh, is going to be a great talent. You got guys like John Morant. There's a lot of players in the league that you could say, yeah, this is going to be the face of the league. If Zion gets a jump shot, hell, if Ben Simmons figures out how to shoot the ball, that could that could spell completely different for the league as well. So there's a lot of if ands or buts here. Coulda woulda shoulda type scenario, but. Not to get too drowned in the marketability. Obviously, the play's got to be there, but if you're talking about just a combination of what makes you the face of the league, Luca probably, in my opinion. But that's just you know. It does, yeah. IMO. I mean, a little bit of the transition too. I mean, Luca was from the start, from the get go. He was just he was balling, even as a rookie, stuff like that. Uh, with the with the story behind it, that I feel like that also helps as well. Yeah. You look at Tatum. Tatum had the situation where. All right, Hayward got hurt. I got to step up. All right, Kyrie's hurt in the playoffs. I got to step up. This man dunked on LeBron James. And sophomore year, you know, he's getting a lot of slander because you, what you compare from playoff Tatum to regular season, sophomore Tatum, you had a higher expectation. But, you know, you had Kyrie returning. You had Hayward coming back. You had Morris taking away a lot of shots for, like, the wing guys. And Tatum couldn't really perform. At, a, at an even higher level. Now you got Kyrie gone, you got Morris gone, so the responsibility comes in for third-year Tatum and Brown, and now they're both shining together, and Tatum becomes an all-star for the first time. And now that he's consistently playing so well with no Kemba, getting wins, all that, it it makes a really good story. It does, and stories about it too, you're right. So I think we all agree that it's too difficult to really call who's going to be the face of the league. Obviously, we all have differentiating opinions. And LeBron has at least another four years. Yeah, so until LeBron's out and we don't know when that will be, it's going to be hard to really pinpoint it. But it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, we've got some more years of excitement from LeBron as well. But like you said, Pat, it's a little Laker-heavy today. I I think that uh, you know, uh, on my end, I pretty much got everything that I needed to say out. I think that... The outlook on the second half of the season is going to be fun. The fact that we're going to be 
running and gunning for that eighth spot in the West as well as the East. I think it'll be a lot more entertaining on the West side than it will be the East. But we'll see. I, I mean, don't know. I've been wrong before. I think whoever makes it on the East side, the seventh and eighth seed, are completely washed. I think oh, both yeah, those yeah. teams get swept. I think that on the the West Coast, whoever makes it is going to make it interesting for both the Lakers and then whoever the Clippers have to play. I think that those matchups are all going to be very evenly matched throughout the first round in the in the West. So, yeah, I think exciting stuff to come. And I, you know, hopefully, like at the top of the show when we had mentioned, I think I hope that the Celtics figure out their their lineups and their bench issues because I think that's the only thing holding them back. That and health. I feel like the Celtics are going to like turn into one of the teams that they're not like Houston. They're not going to use their bench. Like Tatum's going to end up playing close to forty a minute a game. Brown in the playoffs. Gordon will be, like, around 30-something, low 30s. Smart will be probably upper 30s. Kemba will be upper 30s. I'm also expecting a fully healthy Kemba. They're going to let him get back to his knee feeling like the season just started. I feel like we're doing what uh, Kawhi does all the time in load management, but we're not saying it, and no one's suspecting it out of us. But I think that's what we're actually doing with Kemba. I think he's fine to play, but we're just sitting him. But no one's saying a word. Like, yeah, he could play. Like, nah, we're telling him he's too hurt. His knee's just tired. That's it. He has, like, probably tendonitis in his knee from overuse right now. Just to let it, like, chill. He could play. He's not injured. So I feel like uh, Charlotte Kemba's going to be coming back when he's back this time. And then, yeah, I think that mix of Tatum is going to be deadly. And then Robert Williams, they said they forgot he was so athletic. Brad Stevens made a joke. He's, like, he's dunking on 13-foot hoops pretty much. Like, he's, like, way up there. So he's going to be back healthy. I feel like that will impact us to have someone be able to jump around the rim be able to get rebounds, just rebound in general, too. Mm-hmm. It's a good uh, hot take on the whole Kemba thing, though. Yeah, I think he'll be back to Charlotte Kemba when they bring him back. I feel like they're not going to bring him back until he's fully, like, feeling good. Yeah. I mean, it does make sense. I hope that. he doesn't go back to Charlotte Kemba. No, I mean, like, because... uh, like the bouncing yeah. step. Like, this yeah. season, he's clearly been bothered. Like, last year, like, the constant, like, beginning of the year, like, how he was playing, like, never stopping taking charges, never stopping. Like, there's a game I saw him, he was so worn out. Because we, he was carrying us at one point. Like he couldn't. He was like, I can't keep doing this. Like I'm playing offense, defense. I'm doing everything. Like you guys need to step up. Then like his knees started getting sore after that point. Like he was gassed. I forgot what game it was, but he was completely gassed. It reminded me of last year. He was on Charlie. He had like a 40 point game stretch or whatever it was, like 30 something a game. You could see him like breathing heavy, like every play, but he never stops. Like that aggressive Kemba. He hasn't been aggressive later. He's stepped back. He's let Tatum be the guy. But I feel like when he comes back, he's going to be, like, more aggressive in his moments. Like, when him and Tatum aren't sharing the floor, he's going to do that, or they'll use him in pick and roll. Yeah. A deadly combo. What I meant more along the lines is, like, Kemba was doing everything for the team. But he was I hope, scoring more. Yeah, I feel like, like, in the last five minutes, he's cardiac Kemba, so that's fine. If he's on, he's on. But I want to see this team play a lot more team basketball. I think they've gotten away a little bit over the last few weeks. Obviously, there have been some games where they really passed the ball around and they found an open guy. But, yeah, I... I like Kemba where he is now. I like how he is a leader, and he's really trying to bring these young guys on while producing himself. Him to go back to Charlotte Kemba is basically overtaking the offense and him being the only guy. Let's let's hope that there's you know some mixture and, and some That's no defined yeah. definition. Yeah, no, there was no talent. You're right. Now there's talent. So yeah, yeah. let's not go to Charlotte Kemba. But I do. I get, the one I that do, can take I do over what, a game. Yeah, I do. Like, I do get what you're saying. You yeah. can tell like he's been bothered. Like he hasn't wanted to take over a game. Like the beginning of the year, like he did occasionally. Like he had like he dropped a 40 point game, and then since then you he's like tired. You can just see. I mean, like the him like when he's on, he's not gonna like 
go over. He's like, when I'm on, I'm going to go drop 40 this game. Like, that version, if he's on, he's going to be shooting. Yeah. Like, he's been passing up stuff like he normally would shoot because I think his knee's been bothering him. He's like, I'm literally just going to rest. Like, you young guys carry me. Yeah. And with you also mentioned the whole, like, team basketball and them needing to do that. That's because some of the guys on, on that Celtics team just don't know how to step up, like, like that. I mean, you combine it with some of the guys on the bench and just their bench. Yeah, yeah, the bench. That's something like that seems like, the bench group. I yeah. feel like he's it gonna seems start like there's an eagerness to have the ball at the end of the game with all their players besides like maybe Tice if he's out there, but like and Gordon Hayward because he's just so he's, laid back yeah, a little bit. Yeah. But there's got to be a clear defined like, all right, this is our number one guy going to at the end of the game. Like, it should be obvious that it's Tatum. It's Tatum. I don't yeah. know. I think, I think it should, it should be, be Tatum and Kemba in a pick and roll situation. It, yeah. That's a completely different conversation. I guess, I guess you could day, say it's like a Pierce, Pierce, Ray Allen moment. If Ray Allen's open, pass him the freaking ball yeah. and let him shoot it, especially if you need a three, yeah. or try to get him open, design a play to get him open. But if it's somebody I, who needs to create their own shot, who is, is dribbling out the clock yeah. and setting an ISO, I get Tatum's doing everything that he's doing. He's still young. Kemba's proved it on a high level in both in his career and Charlotte, but also in the biggest stage of his career uh, uh, so far, which was the NCAA tournament, where I get it, young guys, a lot of inexperienced people, but he has that, he has that, uh, the killer instinct. That killer instinct. Honestly, which, with those, go ahead, keep going. No, 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 go ahead. I was going to say, honestly, with those two, if one's on and their matchup is better, go with that one. Whichever yeah. one's on, they'll know. I think those two will know. They'll have a chemistry between them. They're going to know which one should take that shot. Yeah. They'll be like, all right, you're covered by Kawhi right now, Tatum. You're nine for 22 today. Kemba has uh, Paul George on him. He's not quick enough. All right, you go by him. You have 35 tonight. Go at him. I feel like whichever one's on is going to take it. Yeah, that, that, that makes the most sense. I mean, you look at the matchup, how well they're doing defensively, stuff like that. They're probably going to look a little bit in the an- analytical side. Uh, but, I mean, if it was like Kawhi on Tatum, then, uh, Tatum, you've been scoring all over Kawhi anyways. Yeah, yeah true, true, true. But, yeah, I, I think we pretty much – that what we all, all had to yeah. say, yeah. I mean, they, yeah, Drew Drew came prepared. Drew was ready to. Yeah, he said rip it today. Yeah, he love said, it. He said, "Hold my water, I got this." <laughs> nah, but hey, this this was a fun episode. I think we've been on pretty much a tear lately, and uh, we got a lot more fun and exciting stuff coming. A lot of topics are going to be in in the spotlight, and then a lot of headlines to talk about. Yep, and and you know we'll bring in more guests and stuff like that too. So it'll be really fun where we have four people instead of just three people. Yeah, you won't hear to, You won't have to hear our our uh, sorry tired voices much longer. Just us three. Uh, speak for yourself. My voice <laughs> is not tired. Sounds a little tired. <sighs> but again, thank you guys again for listening. Uh, of course, we're always gonna post on Instagram. So follow our Instagram and Perfect Basketball. And where you got Pat? I'm Drew. Hey, if you don't know me, my name's Tim. Stay perfect, everybody. Peace. Peace. Adios.